Hello, and welcome to another episode of Natural Bliss Podcast. I am your host, Joyce Wheeler. And you're going to want to go by majestictarot.com and pick up your free checklist for a better, for journey to a better quality of life holistically. And we still have the summer special combo going on. You're going to want to go to heavenlybodieswellness.com and pick that up. It, so you get $2 off of the combo. That ends as as the end, at end of the month. I'll, I'll get it right. So you're gonna want to do that. And that sab is excellent. It has comfrey in it. I was just watching a video on herbalist talking about comfrey, and comfrey is freaking amazing with being able to not only heal things externally but also internally. It's also known as knit bone. So it will actually help to repair broken bones. However, I do not suggest using it on a bone that has not been set. You wanna make sure that's done first before using it. Also cannot be used on open wounds. Comfrey regenerates skin cells very quickly. And if it's on an open wound, the wound has an infection, it will seal the infection inside. And believe me, that's just not a good thing. So you're gonna to wanna to go over there and to heavenlybodieswellness.com. And even if you don't want the combo, I highly recommend the stab. The comfrey also helps to reduce pain, swelling. I've used it on my foot. When I sprained it, the, I had no bruising, the pain went away, the swelling went away, probably in like 48 hours. So go get you some good stuff. So today I have with me Dr. Amanda Chan, and she is a non-traditional chiropractor who focuses on neuro-optimization. Her passion is in helping pe people heal and regulate their nervous system. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Joyce. So what got you interested specifically in the nervous, in the nervous system? Well, growing up as a child, I always wanted to be like a nurse or a doctor or somebody that would help others. So I'd have that in my, like in my DNA since I was a child. Uh, however, I discovered that I don't take traditional medication very well. It makes me nauseous. I throw up and it kind of defeats the purpose of any antibiotics or whatever I'm given. Um, so I had to go about it a natural way because that was what I could, my body could handle. And so that led me down the path of finding other ways to heal, um, that didn't involve drugs or surgery if possible. But why specifically the nervous system? Yeah. So I've gotten, I've studied the nervous system as a chiropractor, but it's really come into uh, my consciousness that over the last few years, especially with the pandemic and everything, how people's nervous system has been really regulated for the sympathetic nervous system. So it's really that fight or flight, like it's constant right now. And so the patients that have been coming in have all been coming in in a certain way that they feel like they describe it as feeling stressed, but there's also constant anxiety, constant uh, stress and their nervous system is really not able to respond to the environment the way that it should be. So I was on your website and you said that you do things virtually along with in person. Yeah. So how did, I, I mean, I've been to chiropractors. Chiropractors are very hands-on. So what does it look like virtually? Yeah. So I have a virtual, like a regular practice, a you know brick and mortar practice in Canada, well, in Ottawa. And I do see people here one-on-one. -on -one. 
what I found is sometimes if you don't see them for a little while, then they, let's say we were working on a diet plan for them. Okay. Or we were talking about diet and then I don't see them for three months later and they haven't changed anything. Right. Then they're still in the same place that they've always been. So I asked people what would help them more. And they're like, Oh, more regular contact. So what happened was it, changed into a program that I call the daily dose of healing that I run every uh, three months into this container where from Monday to Thursday, I come on and we do 15 to 30 minutes of um, things that would help regulate your nervous system, either deep breathing, meditation, yoga, journaling, you know, gratitude, all those things so that every single day they are in touch with their healing or in the healing process. Nice. I uh, I have tremors, and I have been able to control them with nutritional yeast. Excellent. I found out that that helps with the nervous system. So since I've been doing that, because when it first happened, I actually thought I had a stroke because I lost control of my hand. I couldn't I couldn't write, couldn't do anything. So there's a local health store here, and I went there, and. The, the son of the owners, he's a registered nurse. So he said, no, you didn't have a stroke, but he said, I've noticed that you had a shake to you and this is what it is, it's tremors. So once I found that out, I was actually reading Rosemary Gladstone's book for my daughter for anxiety when she touched on the nervous system and that nutritional yeast is good for it, for it along with um, bee pollen. Yeah, so, so I was you, taking, I was taking both of them, but out of respect for the bees, once I got it under control, I just kept taking the nutritional yeast and I just mix it in with anything, egg salad. If I have a sandwich, I just sprinkle it on the sandwich, you know, and I don't notice the taste of it. Although, you know, vegans use it for making like cheese dip, which I have done before too, which is really good. But, you know, that's, that's what I use. Have you ever heard? that before um, well we use bee pollen sometimes to help with people's allergies that's one of the common right. um, uses of it and the natural uses of it and as far as nutritional yeast I love it on everything <laughs> like like you said you sprinkle it on you know the homemade popcorn that I make for the kids if that you know as a treat or you can bake it with it you can really put it in anything and there is a, you can make cheese out of it. A lot of people like to do that, like add cheesy flavoring to things with it. And so I just use it as toppings, but it, I quite like it. It's high in vitamin B. Um, so it is a good product to help with that. And vitamin B is good. The B vitamins are good for the nervous system for sure. Oh, about that I did not know. Although I will say this, I did know that uh, the B vitamins were good for anxiety but you're connecting like a, people being anxious or stressed with the nervous system. Am I correct? Uh, yes. So there's two parts of your nervous system, the sympathetic, which is what we know as the fight, flight, freeze, and fawn response. And then the parasympathetic, which is that rest and digest response. Okay. Um, it's also where you, when you do a lot of healing, because if you're trying to, if you think about it, if you're trying to run away from the bear, that's when your fight or flight is activated. And that's, if your fight or flight is activated, it's really searching for danger, right? Your body is always going rah, 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 like danger, danger, danger. <laughs> and so 
at that time, your body's not going to go, oh, it's time to rest. Oh, I think I'm going to heal. Oh, I think I'm going to do like digest my food. No, you're thinking I got to run away from the bear. Right. Right. So it, depending on where you are and you're in which part of the nervous system you're in, um, that will give your body a different reactions, right? You have the physical reactions of like your muscles tightening, right? If you were going to fight something or your blood pressure increasing to get more blood to your muscles to run away, um, your digestive system would shut down because it takes a lot of blood for your digestion. And so what the body does, it's really smart. It shuts down the digestive system, takes that extra blood, throws it into your legs so that you can get out of there, right? And so, uh, oh yes, hormones, like you'll get adrenaline, you'll get cortisol, all these other things increase versus when you're in the parasympathetic nervous system. And so different things will happen to your body and responses. And what about the immune system? Yeah, so the immune system, it functions in a couple different ways. When you're in an acute infection, you want the fight or flight system to come up in terms of you want your body to be able to defend against pathogens, right? Um, however, you don't want to be in that state for long term because then you'll constantly be fighting off something, which the fight or flight system is used for a short period of time. Like I said, you run away from the bear, you know fairly quickly whether you survive that encounter or not, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I would think so. <laughs> right. But then after we're, we're safe from the bear, we're calming ourselves down, we're pacing, we're, we're breathing, you know, getting the body back to where it's supposed to be. Yes. So, and we're constantly in there, that fight or flight, which is our body doesn't know the difference between stress and the bear. Absolutely. So, so our body reacts the same way when we're stressed as if we're being chased by that bear. Exactly. And in this day and age, like you had mentioned, you know, our society is very stressed. Yes. You know, it's, they're stressed about something. So you were talking about the adrenaline and the cortisol. So if we're constantly in that fight or flight, how does that adrenaline and cortisol, how does that affect us? Well, it, every single cell tissue and organ gets bathed in the hormones that are triggered, right? So the adrenaline will go through your entire body so that all the systems that need to get you out of there will happen. The challenge right now is that people, like the traffic sets off their nervous system, right? Sets off the fight or flight. Right. That's why people are, um, reacting with road rage, right? And a lot of anger, right? Um, the computer is setting off people's nervous system. As, so an email, people are feeling like a tiger is going to jump out of the screen, right? And so the, we're, what system that was supposed to be used for a short period of time is now being used for really long periods of time. And so you're starting to see a lot of things like heart disease, right? Because the heart has to pump more, high blood pressure, digestive issues, all the things we were talking about that happens in that long-term nervous system or in the sympathetic nervous system is now uh, showing up as disease because it's, taking, it's being used more than it should be. And there's no calming in the middle. Right. So what happens if we have too much adrenaline going through us? Well, what is, do you is, feel? Is, is there a negative effect to that adrenaline pumping all the time? Well, let me ask you this. If you're constantly being chased by a bear, how do you think you would feel? Probably not that great, right? No. 
yeah, so there'd be some difficulty sleeping because you'd always be on alert, right? You would be, it's a, it's a matter of safety, right? The, uh, the limbic system or the sympathetic nervous system is designed to keep you safe. So you're always going to be like, okay, what's the next thing that's going to jump out at me, right? So you're always on high, uh, this hypervigilant state of thinking that something's going to come and get you at every moment. So your sleep's going to be affected, right? You're not going to be able to sleep, right? Um, people may feel like they're always rushing around or, you know, having to do things really quickly. That's another sign that your um, sympathetic system is in overdrive or even food, you know, most people tend to eat as fast as they possibly can to get on to the next thing or they're eating while they're watching TV while they're driving, <laughs> you know, like all these things, right? So yeah. yes, over long term, not so great for your health. Eating too fast is not a good thing to do. I have a son who he's eating and he's eating. I'm like, you need to slow down and give your body a chance to be like, oh, I'm full, you know? But not only that, from my understanding, it's also very hard on the digestive system if you don't chew your food enough. So let's talk about cortisol. If we have too much cortisol in our body, because that's something that's released and it during stress, fight or flight, how does, is there a negative impact? Absolutely. So you, when you have high uh, cortisol, what, one of the things that it can do is cause you to retain weight, right? And so what are you seeing right now with, well, one of the things I'm seeing a lot in practice right now is people have been coming in to the office and they're 20 to 30 pounds heavier than they were before the pandemic. Now, wow. there's, yes, that's, it's huge. And there's obviously several factors. A lot of people have been working from home, being close to the fridge, but you also have to think about the stress that they're under, right? And so if there's too much cortisol, then you can have, also have issues with the, like, as I talked about with the weight, right? Um, your adrenal glands are working on overdrive. You could have difficulty with your sugar and your blood sugar regulation, right? Um, if you, on top of that, let's say you're eating poor food, you're gonna have an increased inflammation throughout the entire body, right? So these are all effects that we've been seeing when people are coming in after not having been here for a while, especially in the last couple of years. So what do you suggest that people do to keep themselves calm? We mentioned breath work and yoga. Is there anything that you do that's hands-on to help calm them as a chiropractor? I do when I'm working, you know, one-on-one -on -one with somebody uh, in a more like virtual way. A lot of the tools that we have are what people can do when they notice their nervous system is dysregulated. So things, like I said, the easiest one is the breath work, right? Cause it's just literally deep, taking the deep, deep breath um, into right. the nose and out through the mouth. Um, but that actually, even just the into the nose, out through the mouth is a calming breath. Okay, so there's different types of breath patterns that you use to create a different state. So if you're breathing into the nose, out through the mouth, it's different than if you're breathing into the nose and out through the nose, like a, like that, right? That it tends to get you going more, right? And again, you use really? breath. Yeah, you use breath differently. You could breathe in through the mouth, out through the mouth, right? 
So there's different breath patterns depending on the states that you want to create in the body. So normally for calming, so let's say somebody's having trouble going to sleep at night, I would tell them to focus on breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Something as simple as that. Um, another strategy or tool that we give is telling people what is perceived threat, like perceive something that's perceived and what's actual or that's real, right? A lion chasing you is an actual threat, right? Your body needs to right. respond in the way that you need to get out of there or hide or whatever it is that you want to do. But the computer screen and your email jumping out at you, that's not a real threat. It's a perceived one, right? So when you notice that, you can say, this is actually not real. Like the threat is not real. My computer is not going to kill me. The email is not going to kill me, right? The traffic is not going to kill me. So you need to, in your mind, really connect with, is this real or not? And if it's real, obviously out of there, right? Get out, get safe. Right. Like, However, if it's not, then you have the time to try and calm down your nervous system. Well, movies can have the same effect on us, can't they? They are. Uh, it can for sure. And they're really good at it, too. <laughs> they are. So I had to sit there and be like, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. He's going to be all right. It's just a movie and keep myself calm. Because I've noticed that I get that same reaction in my body that I do during fight or flight. And I was like, wow, this isn't good. Or sometimes I'll just avoid watching movies like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's another thing is we have to be very aware of what we put in our environment, like not only in our bodies, as you know, but what you're seeing too right? Um, let's take the news. A lot of people are like, oh, I have to watch the news. I have to stay informed. And, you know, at the same time, there's also a lot of this is going wrong. This is what's happening in the world. This is what's bad. This is like, so a lot of that is getting into your nervous system as well. Right. So maybe right. if you read the news, it might not impact your nervous system as much as if you watched it every day or you decide, okay, I'm only going to listen to it or watch it once a day. Right. And that's it. Or once a week or whatever it is that you know, you feel is necessary for you to feel informed or not at right. all. <laughs> so you had um, mentioned in your email about trying to think of the word. Basically, when you, you go to the doctor and they tell you what's wrong. Yes, yes, yes. So my motto is that the doctor determines the diagnosis and you decide the prognosis. What I mean by that is the doctor can tell you what the collection of symptoms you're experiencing means or the name of it, right? So however, you decide how you heal from it because not everybody that comes in with the same diagnosis will heal the same way, right? right. We know that some in, you know, I might have somebody come, 20 people come in with, what we call chronic low back pain, but they don't all heal in the same way, right? And of course there's factors like, um, you know, your genetics and your age and all this in your healing, but there are also things that are well within your control, such as your diet, right? The foods that you put into your mouth, that's in your control, the thoughts that you have, um, the exercise, right? A lot of, whether you meditate, whether you journal, whether you take time for yourself, um, 
you know, whether you're feeling guilt, shame, fear, like other emotions, that all of that will help you determine whether how quickly or how slowly you heal and your body heals. Right. You had mentioned some, I have paper and pen right here so I can write stuff down <laughs> and I, I didn't use it. But when you, uh, when you talk about the food, you know, what kind of food should people be eating so that they can heal quicker? So food is an interesting topic because not all diets work for every person. Right. right. And you've seen that you like, oh, this person says, oh, I'm on the vegan diet. This person, I'm on the keto diet. And they're kind of opposite in nature and a lot of it. Right. But there are a lot of people that this work for and a lot of people like this doesn't work for. So part of the model that I'm saying is you decide the prognosis is, you know, yourself best. Right. Your doctor knows disease and studies disease or your naturopath might know um, some natural ways of that people have healed from it. However, you're the one who knows yourself better than anybody else and all the experiences. So while you go use people as a guide, like you see your naturopath, you see your chiropractor, whoever else as a guide to what you do, ultimately you have to decide what's best for you and what works for you, right? I wouldn't tell a person who's been vegan for 20 years, as long as they're, you know, their health and their lab, blood labs and everything are good, I wouldn't say, all right, you need to switch drastically and start eating it wouldn't resonate with them, right? Right. But there are general guidelines, you know, your body uses the food that you eat to make up your cells. And so if your cells are made up of McDonald's, because that's what you're eating every day, or green salad, right, you're going to have a different capacity in your cells to heal. And that just makes sense for anyone, right? You take the McDonald's, they break it down, whatever your body can break down of it. And that's how they create your cells, right? So your body made of McDonald's is different than your body made up of other things. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I like the way that you, you talked about our bodies breaking down McDonald's if, if it can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and McDonald's is like one of the worst. So when people say McDonald's, I'm just like, oh, please, no, don't, don't do McDonald's. So do you ever suggest to your clients that they should try switching to organic? Yep. Um, so, and organics different everywhere, right? In Europe, they don't really have an organic, it is all <laughs> organic. So, but in Canada, there is organic and non-organic. Um, and as, and I know in the States as well. So we do recommend that if it's possible, there are definitely more foods that let's say, ideally you would have all organic, right? And then we also deal with different people. And so that might not be in their budget for them. So we say, okay, get the ones that you can in organic or get the ones like strawberries that use the most pesticides, get those ones in organic. And if you have, you know, a banana, don't worry about it kind of thing, right? right. So the ideal right. would be, so we wanna help people in wherever they are at, right? So some people are coming in and saying, yes, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. You tell me to do organic, I'm gonna do organic. Other people are like, I'm not there yet, or I can't do it financially or whatever the case may be. So we want to meet them. Okay, where are you right now? And where's the next level up for you, right? It might not be all right. organic for you, but it might be some of the worst things that have the most pesticides that can be organic, right? Or you find a local farmer and then you talk to them and see what sprays they use, or, you know, there are other ways um, to improve everybody's diet just a little bit even if they can't go all the way into one category or another. Right. Well, and you know, it's baby steps. It took 
it took us two years to get everything organic. Right. And what, what we did is for our spices, this is the best example, because if it's not, if they're not organic, because some people might think, well, spices, yeah, because if they're not organic, they're allowed to have so many parts of bugs and feces from bugs and stuff in there. And I don't know about you, but I'm just not, no, no. So what we did is every month we would replace one or two of our seasonings. And we started replacing stuff we used on a regular basis. So that's how we did it. And even, you know, there's uh, a couple of seasonings and I only use like once a year. So we didn't replace that until that time of year came to where, you know, we, we needed that. So it's, it's all about baby steps. I mean, it could be done in the thing too. I hear people say that it's expensive. And my argument that I make is that you eat less when you eat organic because your body's getting the nutrients and the vitamins that it needs from the food. So you're not eating as much where if you're eating the, that stuff that's made in the laboratory, that's not even food, you're not getting any vitamins, you're not getting any nutrients. So you're gonna eat and you're gonna still be hungry. And then you're gonna think, why am I still hungry? So you're eating more when you're not eating organic. I mean, we eat, we eat small meals and we eat like twice a day. And that's it. And it's like, I went to lunch with my daughter. We had lunch about one o'clock. I won't eat for the rest of the day because I'm not hungry. Yep. And those are really good points. There are definitely ways to um, go around it. I know for us, um, we go to the local farmer's market usually to get some as much vegetables or we grow our own as we can. Um, but what we do is I start talking to the farmers and what they can't sell, even though all their product is organic, they only can sell the best, right? Usually people don't tend to want to buy the carrots that look like this or the, you know, the not pretty tomatoes. And so they're called in here, they're called seconds. So I actually ask them, do you have any seconds? And then they'll tell me, okay, I'll bring you seconds of, you know, whatever order you want next week at the, you know, and come back to the farmer's market. So we actually get a lot of our organic produce. They make it look funny at times or have two tomatoes stuck together. It doesn't bother us. Um, they're organic and at their, like a quarter of the price because we're oh. willing to get them. Yeah. Well, so now that's a really good suggestion for the listening audience, you know, but uh, Amanda, you mentioned numerous times when you're buying it from a farmer's market, talk to them about the practices, you know, ask them if, if they're spraying. You know, most farmers will be transparent. I have not have had a farmer tell me that, oh no, we don't spray and laugh behind my back because they are spraying or, or you know, saying. And another thing too is ask them to go to their farm. If they say yes, that you can come to their farm and they let you come to their farm, you know that they're, they're telling you the truth. For sure. And that's, and it's really going back to creating community, right? And if we find that when we find the farmer that, you know, we like, we're going to always go and ask them first for their produce, right? Because we have yep. a relationship with them and they know how much we eat as a family and how much we want each week and what our order is. Um, so it's natural that we would just continue to give them the customer service or the service. Right. 
we've got a farmer that we buy our eggs from. And the thing is, is she has her farm name on the cartons. So if we bring her back the empty carton, we get a percentage off. We get some, we get so much money, but I never take it because I love what she does. I respect how hard she works. And I'm just like, no, just keep it. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. Another thing to look out for too, you mentioned the seconds and look for people who are using containers, some kind of container and see if you bring it back to them, will you get a discount? Absolutely. Here, there are some no waste stores or what they call, and you bring your own containers, you bring your own things um, to fill up whatever it is that you want, like your detergent, you can buy a natural detergent um, and bring your own containers so that you're not adding to the environmental waste. I love that idea. I don't know if we have anything like that in the U.S. I'm in Louisiana and there's nothing like that here that, that I know of. But that's a great idea. But one thing that we do have, we have two salvage stores. So like if cans get dented up or if it's past the expiration date or if they're discontinuing it, it goes there and we'll go there. And, you know, sometimes they have a, a variety of organic stuff. It's like hit or miss. You never know what you're going to get. But, you know, we buy, we buy from there. The only thing that I won't is like, crackers and stuff because after the expiration date they're they're stale <laughs> so but uh, you know other stuff we get from there and we've never had any problem with any of it being bad so that's something that people can look for too is a store that you know does that where they sell things that that cans that are dented or boxes that are kind of destroyed that the other stores are not going to take Absolutely. And also remember that a lot of the stuff you can make your own, like right now here, um, a lot of people are drinking oat milk here. That's the new fad or whatever it is. Um, you can simply make it at home with just water and oats, right? And then add whatever you want. Um, or you can buy it for like three or four times the price. So you can right. make your own is, um, if you have the time and you know all that, but making it on your own can sometimes be cheaper than buying it uh, from the store. Right. I've made almond milk a couple of times and it's like the same thing where you just yeah. get the almonds and put them in the water and let it sit in the fridge. It's pretty, pretty easy process. So, you know, there's all kinds of alternatives. Um, also see about farmers if they sell stuff in bulk for a lower rate. I know there, there's a, a farm in Mississippi and we get our beef from her. And we'll buy the ground beef in bulk and we get, we get a really good price on it. And I'm like kind of shocked. I'm like, I don't know how she's able to keep her prices where they are, but she's got, she's got really good prices. So that's another option too, is to look for, for stuff in, in bulk. Yep. That's a great idea. You can also go in with multiple families, right? So if you have your yes. neighbors that you know, and other people that you know, that you all want to order the same kinds of food, you can do the bulk method or start your own group, right? Nowadays with Facebook, you can create groups. Um, I know here we have a co-op um, for like moms who like to shop for certain things, but we'll, um, somebody will call up the distributor and say, how much do you need? How much for a bulk order of this, and then we'll ask, you know, all the people of the group who wants to buy it, right, and see uh, whether you can get a cheaper price. Yeah, that's good too. 
Um, also here, I know of people, we haven't done it, but I know of people who have gone in on, on buying a, a cow. Mm, yes. So the cow is slaughtered and then they get it at a, at a little rate for buying the whole cow and they'll split the meat up between, usually it's three people. But you know, that's an option. Um, here in, in the States, there's a company called Azure and they do bulk, but they also, they have a truck and then you, you figure out a meeting place. There is a set amount. So like you're talking groups, this is a great thing for a group. You, you set up a place where you meet the truck and then on a specific day and time, you go to that location, you all pick up your food and then you go on home. So, you know, that's, there are options. I mean, we just gave the audience various options. Also pricing, you know, know your prices. There is a store here, they sell a brand of organic called O Organic. And it's really, it's very reasonably priced. And I thought it was just that store, but it's not because my friend in New Hampshire, she mentioned it. She was like, well, you probably don't have this there, but and I'm like, oh yeah, we do. You know, so it's a matter of learning prices. And then um, I don't know if you have like, like a Costco or Sam's over there. We have Costco. Yeah, okay. Costco, you can get bulk. And I don't know about there, but here Costco has a lot of organic. Absolutely. And as you, as the demand for organic rises, the prices will come down as well because that becomes more the norm, right? And it comes more in demand. And so right. we are seeing that the prices are not as high and there's more options too, right? Like if you're gluten-free before, you know, 10 years ago, it would be almost impossible. And now at every store, you can get almost every restaurant, you can get something gluten-free if you need to. And I love that. I mean, I, I was gluten-free before it was even a thing, before I even knew what it was. I just knew that when I ate bread or like pizza crust or pasta, that it, it had a negative effect on my body. What it was doing is it was acting like paper mache on my lower abs whenever I would eat it. So I was just like, I, I stopped eating it. So right now it's, it's great too, because you know, you got the zucchini noodles and the squash noodles, cauliflower crust pizza. So, you know, like you said, there's just so many options for people who don't, who don't eat gluten or don't want to eat gluten. Yeah, for sure. So there, you know, now is really a good time if you ever thought, okay, I wonder how gluten affects my body and how it affects my nervous system or how does dairy affect it? If you remove these, you have a lot more choices now in what you can eat. Like you can still eat like vegan cheese and still have the taste of cheese or you can um, use the nutritional yeast as you were saying. So you don't have to right. fully give up everything that you love and sacrifice it all. No, you don't. I have, as a matter of fact, I have a program called Healthy Eating for a Healthy Life. And I walk people through the different changes and show them, tell, let them know you don't have to give up your favorite foods. There's ways of, of eating things. And even, you know, portion control is a big thing. And I do that for like, if I'm, if I'm craving a cookie, you know, I'll just take three cookies. And that's it. I don't take the whole box, you know, so there's, you know, there's ways of doing things to where you don't have to deprive yourself 
of what would you like to, you know, what you want to, to have. And I'm, I'm not advocating that people should eat sugar by no means, you know, sugar has, has comes with issues, but if you're craving it, go ahead and eat it. Just, you know, allow yourself a little, a little bit just so that you get that taste. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things to remember is the regulation of the nervous system plays a big role on how much you eat in terms of whether when you're in a stressful state, you tend to eat more foods that are high in sugar, high in fat content, right? Um, than you would normally if you were, if your nervous system was functioning normally. So there is the emotional element to the eating as well. So when you're eating and when you're like, okay, I need to have these chips or I have to have these cookies, there needs to be also a pause and say, okay, why do I have them? Is it because I'm feeling stressed that I need it? If it's that, then, you know, you got to program something else. Or if it's just, I'm craving it and I can have a bite of it and that's okay. Like, you know, you want a bite of ice cream, have your one bite and that's fine. Sure. No problem. But if you're going to eat the whole box of ice cream, that's where the challenge is. Right. Right. Well, that's why we don't take the whole container. Yes. <laughs> you know, you take, I've got these small bowls that I'll use for ice cream. Wait, I'm lying. I don't do that. I eat out the container when I eat <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> I just realized, no, I don't. I used to when my kids were here, but seeing as how that it's my husband and me now, and we're not sharing the container of ice cream, but I've kind of gotten away from the ice cream. I've been more into uh, sorbet. So I think that's a little bit healthier, maybe, kind of, sort of. Well, my kids, they like to have the the popsicles so what we do is we just take organic juice and freeze it in a popsicle mold and so they're like we tell them oh that's a popsicle and that's a freezy so they don't think they're missing out they're still having their popsicle freezing but it would be like organic grape juice or something right um so right. yes it, it is high in sugar but it is not the artificial you know store-bought popsicle <laughs> that they would normally get and the thing with sugar too is that if you have something that says sugar on it they're using, I don't know about in Canada, but here they're using sugar beets, which are like 98% of the sugar beets grown in the U.S. are genetically modified. So our bodies don't recognize that DNA, you know. So what I do is I look for the ingredients and I look for the uh, cane sugar. And if you are, you know, some people like I said, like to have something cold in their mouth and stuff. We freeze a fruit for the kids so that it feels oh, yes. like they're eating. <laughs> We're not trying to deprive them because they still want to eat these, like suck on something. So you do give them something sweet, like a frozen cherry, and they are eating it. But it feels like, a, you know, they're having a popsicle or a sugary treat, even though it's, it's just frozen fruit. Yeah, I was going somewhere and... Of course, in Louisiana, it's very hot here right now. Heat index is in the hundreds. And I wanted to bring fruit with me. I had a cooler, but I didn't have, I was not going to put ice in it. I, I took my drinks and I froze my drinks so that that was my ice. But I, it was so hot. I was, I was afraid my daughter said I had some cantaloupe and watermelon. And she said, mom, just freeze it. I said, oh, it's brilliant. I didn't even think about freezing the fruit. <laughs> but then sitting outside on a hot day, oh my gosh, it was so refreshing. 
that sounds like that sounds perfect that sounds like my perfect treat <laughs> yeah yeah I, I love I'm not a big fruit eater but in the summertime on hot days and even vegetables but I like cucumbers and watermelon oh pineapple it wasn't cantaloupe but I had I hit pineapple so those are like my three go-to in in the summertime because they're they're very high in water content so it's very refreshing on the body to go ahead and eat those things. Absolutely. So is there anything that you would like the listening audience to know about would, your services or working with you? The most important thing for yourself is, or for everybody is to be aware of when they feel like the stress is coming on. So let's say for you, you need to know how you do stress. Like, do you tighten up? Is your face like right beside the computer? Do you, you know, so that when you're, are you feeling anxious? So that when you're in that state, once you're aware of it, you can shift it. But if you don't know you're there, there's nothing you can do about it, right? So awareness is the key. And, you know, I would say, try some breath work, try some meditation. And if you can't um, find that it's not working fast enough for you, or it's not, quote unquote, working for you, then you get guidance, like, at, then you reach out for help and say, okay, you know, Dr. Amanda, I've been trying this, and it hasn't been working, we can take a look at, you know, what could be stopping it, or what else you could do that would serve you better. And you can work virtually with people like that? Yeah, so that's um, during my um, courses that I offer online. So I tend to do it in courses. Uh, the one that we're currently doing right now is the daily dose of healing. That's what it's called. So that's where we would do the meditation, the breath work, the yoga, all those things. Um, there are other pieces that we have. And then I do workshops that are free as well. So the best place to go is my website, um, optimizemyhealing.com. And that's where they list, I list the courses, the workshops and how to work with me. Well, great. Well, Dr. Man, it's been really good having you on the show. I've, I've appreciated our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, and so we're going to end it right now. Meanwhile, y'all keep shining your light.